What's up, everyone? This is Adam Mades from DNVR, excited to talk to you about American financing. Everyday bills are high, and everything is still very expensive, which is why, if you own a home, I want you to call our friends at American Financing. Interest rates are lower than they've been in a long time. They're saving their customers, on average, $854 a month by tapping into their home's equity and wiping out high-interest credit card debt. Their salary-based mortgage consultants are in it for you. Their job is to save you money. Call American Financing and tell them DNVR sent you today, and you may be able to delay two mortgage payments. That's 303-695-7000, 303-695-7000, or go to AmericanFinancing.net slash DNVR. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. All right, guys, before we get started, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Snooze Mattress. These guys saved me. Uh, they came and they said, hey, what are you doing sleeping on that crappy mattress? What are you doing? And, and I said, you know what? Prove it to me. Prove it. You got something better. They hooked me up with the snooze flip mattress and they were right and I was wrong. Uh, this thing is amazing. It's so comfortable and it's four in one, meaning you've got your options here. You can go with the firm side. You can go with the soft side. You can go with the cool side. You can go with the warm side. You can mix and match and create your favorite combination of the two. And I can't say enough about just how comfortable this thing is. It's almost too comfortable. I never want to leave that thing when I wake up in the morning. So check out our friends over at snoozesleep.com. Get that snooze flip mattress. And when you use the code DNVR, you can save $500 off a queen mattress and $1,000 off a king mattress. You got to try this thing out. It's awesome at snoozesleep.com. DNVR and we are live from Studio A. The A stands for mm-hmm. afternoon, as Logan says. <laughs> afternoon, everyone. Well, are people angry? They're not amazing. Um, apoplectic. Uh, why would they? Why would they be angry or apoplectic? I don't know. I mean, I just did a poll today that says that when we peep forty-eight percent of the voters say that they would rather miss the playoffs and clean house than make the playoffs and keep most of the coaching staff. I'm but so. Let's di- focus on the 52. Yeah. I know. Though. I'm yeah, so disgusted by that, <laughs> and uh, and uh, the people that just want to focus on the negatives and say how bad Teddy Bridgewater was. They won by 28 points yeah. yesterday. Yeah. What more do you want? The offense put up more points at 38 than they have in years. The defense held a really bad team to 10 points. The offense did their job. The defense did their job. Special teams was a non-factor. 
what do we want here? They're seven and six. I mean, this is something where I'm with Mace. I'm just, what are we upset about here? Now, I, if, I if, if the script gets flipped next week and the Bengals come out and blow them out, let's talk about it all. Let's absolutely. talk about all the bad. But guys, the Broncos are in the thick of a playoff race right now. Man, I don't know. My, my mentions and everything have been highly positive today and yesterday. You've been in the, uh, the Madden chat? I have been in the Madden oh, chat. Yeah. It's people not, uh, not happy about the game last night. Uh, people just, I mean, we talked about this last night. People just don't like Teddy. This is a quarterback town. They want quarterbacks. People are mad at Teddy. People don't like Vic. People don't want this team to succeed because they don't want to see those guys succeed, which blows my mind. This is, this is the town that uh, drove Jake Palmer to the point of literally flicking off the, the I said it, I said it last Remember night. That? Like, if Jake Plummer's not good enough, like it's right. going to yeah. be tough. It's a, that's a high bar, and you have to clear that bar just to have a chance to be like you you either have to be a god aka Peyton Manning uh or John Elway or you yeah. have to have god on your side oh, aka yeah, like, Tim yeah. Tebow yeah. otherwise you're toast yeah it's, people uh, like this Jake is not where I was planning on uh, right. starting the no. show off today but people like Jake a lot more now that after he retired of than course. when he was here Don't know I mean what you it's got amazing gone. Jake is beloved now right by the fan base uh, he was not beloved when he played here. Yeah, I mean, see, it, it's it always yeah. works that way. CU fans love Gary Barnett now. They didn't love him, you know. <laughs> he he followed up a, a he was you know one coach removed from a, a national championship, so it wasn't good enough. But at least when, he wanted to be in Boulder, unlike the guy he replaced. Right, of yes. course. So, anyways, um, not where I was planning on going. I, th- I, I I thought the vibes are great today. And weather's nice, sun's uh, out. It's good vibes with me, man. Mondays are amazing in Denver after a Broncos win, in my opinion. Um, Especially when it's pretty much uh, early fall in December. And Mondays are always amazing if you get an education over at MSU Denver, msudenver.edu slash online. They're the presenting sponsor of this show. Uh, rigorous and affordable online education taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom so check out our friends over at msudenver.edu slash online my boys let's get this monday going to a positive start uh and bring the positivity because guys like i said broncos are right in the thick of a playoff mix right now i mean they are just tiebreakers away from actually being in a wild card spot right now and you know the beauty of all of this too there's three spots the broncos don't just have two opportunities they've got three opportunities and there are five teams sitting there at seven and six, all right in the thick of the conversation. And I guess you can look at it both ways. There's there's three wild card spots that you can jump into, which is very nice. But there's also a lot of teams that you're competing with here. So what I wanted to do today is take a look at these teams and see not only who is the best of those teams in our opinion, um, but also who has the easiest and or most difficult path. Um, so, Zach, why don't you start us off just by listing those teams? So, the standings, you have your four le- de- leaders in the division, and then you have the Chargers, who are the first wild card spot. They're eight and five, so they've got a game up on every every one of these other five teams. Should be noted, Broncos get another head-to-head matchup with them, mm-hmm. have the first one in the bag. Exactly. But So, that just makes it even more crowded uh, of a race right there. Uh, and, of course, that's going to be a big one, because if the Broncos win that, then if it's just come down to head-to-head, the Broncos have that over the Chargers. If not, we're going to get into a lot more complicated things but the five that are in tying for those two final wild card spots right now the two that are in it are the colts and the bills 
Then you have the Browns at the eighth seed, the Bengals at the ninth seed, and Denver. Right now, the Broncos are the worst of those teams in terms of the tiebreakers, but that doesn't really matter right now because Broncos play the Bengals next week. Broncos then, two weeks later, play the Chargers. So they're going to be able to figure out a lot of things just with the head-to-head right there. But So you have the Colts, Bills, Browns, Bengals, and Broncos all at 7-6. and six. Yeah, quite the log jam. And I would even say that I know we touched on the Chargers at the opening. The Chargers have a free space on the board because they play the Texans. Mm. So you make you start looking at Broncos just got their free space. Yes, the Broncos got their free space. The you look for example at the at the uh, at the at the Indianapolis Colts, and they have a free space at the end of the season against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you start looking at okay where you know and also and and, and then you, I have to look and see does anyone play the Jets the rest of the way because that's another free space type of game. Well, we're Miami at- Miami at six and seven, Buffalo at seven and six plays the Jets too. Okay. Yep. And yeah. then right behind the Broncos, Mace just mentioned Miami at six and seven. You also have the Raiders at six and seven, and you have the Steelers at six, six and one. So yeah. if the five teams wasn't enough, you add the Chargers to make it six. Then you add those three teams, and we're talking nine teams competing for three wild card spots. Right? And the everyone, hottest one is Miami. Everyone not named the Jets, the Jags, or the Texans is still in the race 13 weeks into the season. Yeah, and, and that's not crazy to say. I mean, mm-hmm. the Miami, they're one game back, yeah. and, and they're the, the farthest down. Right now, Miami's the 13th seed, and they're mm-hmm. one game back. And like Mace just said, too, they're the hottest team right now, which is so crazy. And when you're talking about free spaces, Mace, and we're kind of looking at who these teams mm-hmm. play, guys, it's crazy to say everyone in Denver should be a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan these next three weeks yeah yes. i saw so you obviously have been doing your playoff watch article uh every week and and we put out a graphic yesterday saying like uh here's the teams you should be rooting for today and and the chiefs were part of it and people responded like really guys the chiefs root for the chiefs is like yeah root yeah. for the chiefs they're gonna win the division we yeah. already know that root for the patriots N- no and here's why guys i want a free game in week 18. And so I want the Chiefs to have the number one seed okay. completely locked up so that That's it's fair. a free game for the Broncos because this the three games leading up to that are all against teams that we're talking about. They're all going to be very tough games. I think the Broncos can easily go 2 and or 2 and 1 in these. 3 and 0 is going to be a tough task, but if you go 2 and 1 and then you're playing a Chiefs team that isn't playing for anything, you should should beat them and guys, you're 3 and 1, you're 10 and 7, you're making the playoffs. But if you look at who the Patriots play, down the stretch here, they of course this week play at Indianapolis. Yep, seven mm. and six. They play Buffalo at home, seven and six. Free space Jaguars, and then at Miami. So the reason, so mm. the There's, first, kind of, yeah. the first thing there is you want them to beat teams that are in the playoff race. If they were facing NFC teams, I'd be right there with you, Zach. But the first priority is. Getting a getting a little bit of the ease of the logjam and having as many teams around the Broncos at seven and six, six, six and one, seven. Six Let and me seven, ask you this: Zach. Would you rather have Week Seventeen be against or Week Eighteen be against the Chiefs trying? They're in the playoffs, but they have you know seating on the line. And if the Broncos win, they are in guaranteed, or have it against Chiefs backups going into week 18, but they're, they're not in control of their own destiny. They need this team to lose, that team to lose, 
to get in. Yeah, you got to take care of yourself first, and that means playing a worse Chiefs team. And, guys, if the Chiefs are playing for something, they're going to lose again. I mean, that, that's going to stink. I want the Broncos to be able to beat the teams that they need to beat. And I think that if we're talking about the Broncos legitimately having a chance in that Week 18 game to make the playoffs, they're going to go 2-1 in these next ones. And and I think that, uh, Macy, you bring up a good point there, but I think that other teams are going to fall out or the Broncos will be able to jump them because we're looking at two right here, the Chargers and the Bengals, who the Broncos play in this coming stretch. If the Broncos take care of business, they will jump them yep. in the standings. Then they'll also have some tiebreakers. That'll also help their AFC record. Uh, and then so I'm just, I don't think with three players, playoff spots open and I think it's huge that it's three spots now that you're going to have to worry too much about tiebreakers if you take care of your business and and taking care of your business Mm. against the Chiefs to me is the most important thing I mean to me the most important thing would be against the Bengals and the Chargers if you beat those two teams that you know get you're basically saying I think you're basically saying if you beat the Raiders you're in and you should beat the Raiders the way they look right now yeah I mean that that Cincinnati and Chargers, I think, are legitimate coin flip games. As in, 50-50. Could go one way, could go the other. The Raiders, even though you lost to them, that's a different team back in October than it was right now. That's a game that you you go out to Las Vegas, you should expect to win that game. Yeah, man, I have such... I hate that it's like a holiday game. There's just I, something about those road holiday games that I have hate not everything. treated the Broncos right. I, th- I hate everything about that game. Even though Mace, you're just you're you're speaking logic now. Yes. The last time the I Raiders saw the Broncos, logic. they absolutely <laughs> smashed them. Can't get that out of my head. A hundred percent. It is a little bit of a different team. They still have Derek Carr. So for me, guys, these next three games are really scary. But there's an opportunity for the Broncos to win all three of them. Yeah, I mean, it obviously starts this week. If you get this one. Not only um, do you have a ton of positive momentum heading into uh, that next week Mm -hmm. against the Raiders, but you also, I just think like there's, we talked about it last night uh, on the show. There's like a little bit of a chasm between the fan base and the team right now. And if you win this game, the whole city is like behind you for this playoff push. And I think that makes a difference. You know, it's not, it's not going to be, it's not a huge crazy thing, but I think those guys can feel it. Even the little things like Melvin Gordon making that comment shows me like they, I don't know if they fully feel beloved right now. And, and I'm also on the side of the fans here who aren't ready to emotionally expose themselves to it for this team. Uh, who, has dropped their two best opportunities to get them on board so far. We talked about it last night. They had that chance in the Ravens game. They had that chance in the Chiefs game. If you win those games, it's Bronco mania all over again in Denver. They dropped them, and they didn't really ever – they weren't even really that competitive in those two games. So now you have a third chance here, and I think three strikes and you're out. Um, But if you get this one, I think you reverse everything. People will get on board, and I think that will help their momentum as they move forward. I'm surprised, though, that the Cowboys win didn't do that, though. Well, because the Cowboys win was kind of the equivalent of the Raiders and Chiefs games, roughly, right? You're facing a really good team. In that case, on the road. It was more about the implications, yeah. like going 4-0 and with a yeah. win over a great team in the Ravens, or what we thought at the time was a great team in the Ravens. Um, and then the other one was for first place in the division. So it was like the, the stakes were really high. Whereas the and we knew that going into the games, whereas the Raider, the, the Cowboys game, everyone was blown away by the outcome. And they were fighting to get support back at that point, right? 
Like, the people weren't on the fence. That got them back to the fence. And then they fell off the fence when they lost to Philadelphia. Yes, exactly. I, I, I get it at 3-0, and especially this year, beating bad teams if you're not fully buying into the team. You're 7-6 and six in the middle of a playoff. Why aren't you buying in? I mean, that's like being on The Bachelor, right? And maybe after the first date, you're not totally bought in. You're like, okay, I get it. There's 15 other people that this girl has kissed tonight. I'm not totally bought in, not letting my heart get broken. But then you go for the final rose ceremony, and you're about <laughs> to propose. No, and you're, you're not, like at hometowns right it, now. It, okay, and you're at hometowns, and, you, and, you, and you're not bought in yet? I mean, well, you, you buy in now. Now's the time. They're there for the wrong reasons. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> the Broncos are 3-2 and two against teams currently in the playoffs. Love that. Let's not bring in teams in the hunt because then it's like uh, then it dropped like three the, and six because or they start taking you have the Pittsburgh and yep. you have Philadelphia Raiders and then you have the Raiders and then you have this and then you have the Browns. But mm-hmm. on t- for teams on the right side of the playoff line, a winning record is a winning record. I just think that the fan base, mm, it, it, honestly, just the team hasn't passed the eye test. You know, they don't. And I just can't believe we're at that point now, especially just that's kind of uh, the negative comments over the past 16 hours is, well, they're not passing the eye test. Teddy isn't passing the eye test. Uh, The running game isn't passing the eye test. This team is not perfect. The running game definitely passes. Uh, I'm sorry, the run defense doesn't pass the eye. And, And this team is not perfect. There's a reason they're on the outside looking in right now. But from where we've been, I mean, maybe everyone's standards are still Super Bowl or bust. My standards have certainly changed in these past five years, and it's not something that I wanted to happen, but it, that's that's just the reality. The Broncos are winning. To me, the, the, I feel like people were, after this win, were just thrown right back into, like, 2013 Peyton Manning when they win by 11 instead of 24, and people are, like, disappointing. They didn't pass the eye test. In they the, won in by the, 28. Yeah, yeah and, but and that, that's exactly my point. It's just, it's wild to me, guys. Yeah, and they, obviously, that's that's got on my nerves these past 16 years. Were they hours. supposed to try to win by... 45 or or 50 i mean you I just, want, also you, i think yeah. it's really important to point out no one's talking about like we overlooked the lions so much and everyone did but look at the lions four games before they played the broncos a tie with the steelers they lose by three to the lions they lose by two to the bears and they lose by two to the vikings wait you said they lose by three to the lions they sorry lose by they lose the, by three to the browns they uh, that's a good team so they lost by they tied the steelers Lost by one, uh, by three points to, to the Browns, two points to the Bears, two, and then they beat the Vikings by two points. Sorry, I said that even wrong. Of course, those were Lions teams that had more players at their disposal than yesterday. I, mean, I think it's, part of it with yesterday was that they they had the they had the COVID absences fair, uh, fair, at the fair. last minute. They didn't have T.J. Hawkinson. I mean, look, that was a ta- that was a talentless team out there. I'm not sure in all my years of covering football that I've seen an NFL team in a regular season game that had less talent yeah, on the field than the Lions. And you know what? You beat their brains out. Yeah. But that was what you were supposed to yeah. do. It's also yeah. the Lions' <laughs> mo- second most lopsided loss of the season. Yeah. So, again. Who beat them worse? Uh, the, the Eagles, 44-6. to six. Wow. Beat down. Yeah. Wait, what was the score of the Bengals game? That Was was that 20? 34-11. Ah, the because it was, it was 34-3 forever, so the, the late touchdown. Yep. Yeah. I mean, in that game. Again, I'm not saying give them extra credit for beating the Lions, yeah. but the Lions, and again, it wasn't the same Lions that have been uh, competitive over the last four weeks, but it just wasn't a given. So 
I I feel like it was just what, like people expected. People expect them to win by twenty eight. I didn't. I didn't either. I had them winning by twenty four, but I'd win by thirteen. <laughs> so I don't know. I I understand where you guys are coming from, saying like got to appreciate this, but they don't pass the eye test. They haven't um, been in like a tight situation in a really important game and outplayed the other team in that in that situation. In fact, the Broncos have kind of had a weird season where there haven't been. Has there been any game that came down to the last possession? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, you can't really say the Browns no. game because the Browns were drive. Pittsburgh. Remember, they had a chance to tie. Mm. End of regulation. And that one, oh, almost, that that, one felt uh, gimmicky. I mean, you're right, Mace. They did have a chance to tie, but still, they were mm. out of it for so long. Pittsburgh let off the gas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, were, Washington, wasn't, Washington went down to the last possession. Okay, all right. So there's been a few. Yeah. Um, but the the Steelers one, you know, they didn't pass that test. The Washington one, I mean, that was just like a battle of who's going to screw up less. And, and the Broncos won the battle. Good for them. Um, but they haven't gotten into a really, like, they just ha- I, they haven't proved to me that, or to anyone, that if push comes to shove and they need a two-minute drive or they need a stop on a two-minute drive, that they can get that stop or they can get that touchdown. And I think that's it's just part of why people Even are though the afraid to get burned. Def- literally did it twice against Washington. They did it, yeah. and then the offense, and then Gordon fumbled, and then they had to do it again, and they did. <laughs> I mean, no one left that game with a good taste in their I, I know, but people are thinking more about the the mismanagement and the poor execution of the four minute offense there at the end, rather than what the defense did. It's weird, to and say yet you look it, at what the Washington has done since, and you say, you know what, getting two stops against Washington at the end, given what they turned around and did in the weeks after that, it's pretty good when you think about it. It's weird to say, but had they instead of blowing out the Cowboys and Chargers, had one of those games been a dogfight? And the Broncos came out on top. I think people would feel better about the team. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And guys, I want to get into the DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week right now because I'm going with what I'm going to call the Broncos playoff teaser here. And what we're looking at, guys, we have some great games coming up. Thursday night football. We got Saturday football. We got two games of Saturday football. And they all have playoff implications for the Broncos. So might as well put some money on them. And what I'm doing, I'm throwing the Chiefs in a teaser. I'm throwing the 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 Raiders in a teaser. And I'm throwing the Patriots in a teaser. And what we're doing is we're buying the points up in this to get it plus 130. So what you end up with is Raiders plus 13 because we want the Browns to lose. Now, that one's kind of a win-win situation for the Broncos. If the Raiders lose, they're pretty much out of the playoff contention. Mm -hmm. But you get to play the Raiders again. You have an opportunity to beat them. The Browns have a tiebreaker on you. So let's bring the Browns down a little bit and jump the Browns in the standing. So Raiders plus 13. I like that. Patriots playing the Colts. You want the Colts to, to to lose right now. So have the Colts lose, and then you have the, the Patriots at plus nine, and then you have the Chiefs. They're at minus four right now playing Thursday night football against the Chargers. I'm buying seven points on them. You get them plus three against the Chargers. You tease all that together, you're at plus 130, and you're feeling good about the Broncos' playoff odds. That um, you, you got me convinced. Um, I'm feeling I'm feeling good about that bet. I, I like that. Good. I like it. Hey, if I got the bets guy on it. All right. Speaking of bets, this will be uh, my pick of the night tonight mm. for that. It'll be my pick of the week here. 
Uh, Arizona Cardinals, my Arizona Cardinals, mm-hmm. take and of course Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, my guys, uh, <laughs> no hosting the L.A. Rams tonight. Uh, they crushed them earlier in the season, but more importantly, this is my stat of the day, favorite stat of the day, and it comes in from um, PHNX reporter Chirsten Sussell, who says Matt Stafford has never in his career. Won a game against a team that came into the matchup with 10 or more wins. How about that? Never wow. in his career. He's been playing a while. Mm-hmm. So give me Cardinals money line, minus 155. Decent value there. They're the home team. They smacked them earlier in the season. They're the better team right now. I like the value there. I'm liking that more and more, especially what? Within the past hour, we found out that Jalen Ramsey isn't playing tonight. That really helps you there. I was uncertain on this game, but now I am very much leaning toward, uh, toward, toward the cards. So if the Rams lose this game tonight, what does that take Von Miller's personal record to in games that he's played? They let's see. Win three and week, four. Right? Let's see. Let's see. Because he missed, missed the Washington I believe game. it's four. So three and four. Four and eight. Yeah. Three and four. Three. Yeah. Three and six. Three and six. Yeah. Wow. It'd be, it would actually be a four and seven. Four and seven. For the games he's played. Oh, okay, right, right, right. For the games there, he's played, four and seven. There was one loss with the Broncos when he was. So it'd be on. four and eight if with teams that he's been with. Yikes! Yes. Oh my good. Now did this did is... Vaughn did Vaughn get? No, Vaughn didn't get two buys. Did Vaughn, Vaughn even get a buy this year? Do the Rams have a buy after they acquired? That would be the worst to be four and eight on the losing side of they both did. teams and they, not get a they, buy. They did have a buy. Okay. okay. Between the Niners game and the uh, pack and the Packers game. Okay. So anyway. I'm going away from pro football for my pick. It's bowl season, by the way, yes. starting this weekend. Uh, maybe the, a really interesting matchup, Boca Raton Bowl on Saturday. Western Kentucky and App State, two good, two good group of five programs. App State, three-point favorite. App State gives up only 19 points a game against Western Kentucky, which allows 43. So maybe the best defense that Western has faced this season I they allow 43 points per game. Or Western scores 43. Oh, okay. <laughs> App allows 19. So it's the biggest defensive challenge you can say that Western has faced this season. Going to go with the defense in this one. App's going to cover the three-point spread. Defense usually gets the advantage in bowl games yeah. just because you have a month to study what, what the other team's doing right. on offense throughout the season. Um, so I like that pick. I also will just caution, when you're, when you're betting bowl games, which I really don't like doing, um, you have to figure out why if one team has motivation. Like, if you can find a team that's trying to prove something, or they were snubbed, or they feel like this, that, or the other thing, those are the teams I like to bet on. Otherwise, you just never know. Like, are the are those kids down there to win a game, or are they just down there to enjoy like Disney World or wherever else they are? And or I've like, seen, I've seen it firsthand when a team is not down there to win the game, and it's not pretty. And what's the state of the coaching staff? Right. I Man, remember, I think it was a few years ago that. I want to say it was Cincinnati that was in the Belk Bowl, and they had like four coaches mm-hmm. for the game. Oh my goodness! Wow! <laughs> so yikes! I mean, there's only so much that you can do. do we still have the with Belk four Bowl? Coach. It is now the uh, Duke's, Duke's Mayonnaise Mayo. Bowl. Oh. oh my gosh, ridiculous! So Ryan, which uh, which CU Buffs team was that? Uh, <laughs> you could probably look up the scores. And, I mean, probably. We're, we're talking about bowls in my lifetime. There's really not that. Well, you, didn't you just say Florida? No, I didn't. Well, I did say Disney World, but that yeah, was just, I was just making. <laughs> okay, because there was a bowl. With, I think there was a bowl that did go down to Orlando. Potentially, I know lost. they played Wisconsin. 
um, in one of those bowl mm, games. That's a Mace Arcade Bowl right yeah. there. <laughs> right there. Yeah. And if you want to get in on all this action, guys, DraftKings is offering a great way to get in. If you bet $1 mm. on any NFL game this week, you'll get $100 in free bets. If there's a point scored in the game, that's all you need, a point scored in the game, you bet $1, you get $100 in free bets. Then you can bet on bowl games without any risk. You can bet on my crazy teaser without any risk. You can bet on tonight's game with Ryan without any risk. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. That's promo code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 2005 Champ Sports Bowl, by the way. That was Orlando. They lost 19-10 to to Clemson. Mm. Clemson. I knew they'd gone down to Orlando once. There you go. Um, yeah, it wasn't that one. <laughs> My guess is a little more recent. More, more competitive. <laughs> but, that was, competitive. But, but that was also, I don't, I don't think Gary Barnett coached that game because he got dismissed mm. right before. Yep. And then the next year was Dan Hawkins. So again, another example, of, uh, <laughs> but another example of a team that had some coaching chaos going on yep. at the moment. Dan Hawkins made a bowl game, um, which is something that I guess only <laughs> two other coaches since him can say. Does it count if you were in Shreveport for the bowl, though? Against Alabama. Yeah, how about yeah. that? Two programs going in severely <laughs> different <laughs> season. Yep, yep. Uh, Buffs almost had a miraculous comeback in that game. I remember that. Uh, all right. Also, uh, come down, hang out at the bar. You know, you want to get some action tonight on the Nuggets. The Nuggets will be in action against the Wizards tonight. Uh, come down here, place a couple bets, yeah. have a couple Breck brews, get you a Wagyu burger. Uh, that's a good night. That is a good way to spend your Monday night because you'll have the Nuggets game on one screen, Monday night football on another screen. Last night, I kind of got the, the uh, comparable to that, which was, Sunday Night Football on one screen, which, what a game. I mean, that game was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then you had Avs Panthers on the other uh, screen, and that was as electric of a regular season hockey mm-hmm. game I've ever seen. I it mean, really was. I was sitting there with you mm-hmm. uh, be, just awestruck. I was like, yeah. Zach, this game is insane. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't. I don't even know what's going on. How is it moving so fast? Dare we say possible finals preview? We can only hope. We can only I mean, hope. I hope not because the Panthers are – you should – Bleep off and die, in my opinion. But I'm a lightning fan. Wow. <laughs> things got chippy at the end there, yeah. so I'm with yeah. you. Oh, they're they, they have a history of being dirty. Nice. I could I could say some really nasty things that would involve a lot of curse words right now regarding my feelings about the Florida Panthers, but I'm not going to. I like that. If you want to be surrounded by people who would say nasty things about teams they don't like, you come down to the DMV. We'll meet lots of people like that. So come hang out. All right. And also, if you are looking for a better job, looking to kind of change your life a little bit, check out the positions over at Ball. Of course, they've got their uh, plant over in Golden. Ordinarily, I'd have an aluminum can right here, but for some reason, I have a you know paper cup here. So I'm sorry about that. But ordinarily, I'd be sitting here with an aluminum can espousing aluminum, which is something that they make over at Ball. That's something that Ball specializes in. Right now, at their aluminum can plant in Golden, they are looking for production technicians. If you want to read the full description of the positions available, go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. Production techs are on the front line of the aluminum beverage can production process at Ball's plant. And Ball will start you off with a wage of $27.39 per hour, quite competitive, with the potential for increases at 6 12 and 18 months on the job. You'll get benefits right away. You 
chance to, to buy stock right away. Every, all the benefits kick in on day one when you join Ball. And then, of course, you have the chance, if you do well, to move to other positions at the plant. There are other manufacturing opportunities, even a chance to go into management because some production techs have moved up into management over over at Ball. Here's what a production tech does. It's responsible for machine adjustments on high-speed production equipment and is an integral part of the production team, both in quality and meeting operational goals for volume. Like I said, full-time role with benefits, stock options, 401k for retirement, insurance active on the day of the hire. These are all the benefits you have of working for a great company like Ball. So if you want to get in and see if your career path will take you to a place like Ball where you can, as they say, be unstoppable like Zach St. Julie, text GOLDEN to 77222 and get linked to open positions or go to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com, search for GOLDEN or text GOLDEN to 77222 to be unstoppable at Ball. All right. Or unstoppable. Exactly. All right, guys. We've talked a little bit about these five teams tied at seven and six. Zach, do you have the numbers in front of you in terms of the rankings of strength of schedule remaining? Yes, I have the the records of the schedule of the teams that they're going to play. And guys, it certainly doesn't, doesn't favor look the Broncos. Good yeah, for the Broncos. The good news is Broncos don't have the toughest strength of schedule of these seven six teams. The Bengals do. Maybe because they have to play the Broncos. Bengals play teams with a 31 and 21 combined record. That is tough. Over a four-game stretch, that's a really tough group. They go Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, Browns. Good news for the Broncos that the Chiefs, not in the last game of the season, so Mm -hmm. the Chiefs are going to be playing for something. Man, 2-2 and at, at best. And, man, if the Broncos beat them, I think the Browns are done. Or the, the, the Bengals. Bengals. Yeah, that that game yesterday, I mean, that that was yeah. the one that they, they let slip. And really, I mean, ultimately you can blame that on the defense. Yeah, Joe you, Burrow, despite his injury, did what you expect a great young quarterback to do. Let his team down, had the game-tying touchdown pass to Jamar Chase, and they got the field goal in the opening series of overtime. Yeah, that but... That ought to be enough. But yeah, the, he got the score. That ought to be enough to where you expect to win. But... They go how far? What was it? A few minutes into the fourth quarter with six points. Yeah, um, that's. Not, I mean, that's not going to get the job done. Although you are playing the Broncos this week, so <laughs> hey, whoa, watch yourself. <laughs> the thirty-eight point Broncos. Yes, exactly. Uh, I'm just saying, like you know, I could see a slugfest where it's you're you know less than twenty points might be able to get this done. But the thing with the Bengals is, and we'll get more into as the week goes on. They're based. They're the most Jekyll and Hyde team in the league. You can argue. Yeah. And what we've seen the last two games is we've seen Jekyll and Hyde in the same game. For a while, we were seeing, oh, they'll get, you know, they'll get, they'll have a blowout or they'll get blown out. The last two weeks, we see them start catastrophically bad against the Chargers, get back in the game and in, in the middle portion of the game in the third quarter, and then melt down again. Yesterday, like you mentioned, they fall behind 20-6. to six. They look awful. They put it together for the last 15 minutes and the first few minutes of overtime. So which Bengals team are you going to get? You're seeing both in both Bengals teams in the same game now, which I think then leads the Broncos to know that they need to kind of just be steady as they go. So, Mace, with the Bengals, the Bron- they're playing all four opponents have winning records? Yes. Yep. The Broncos, guys, they're one step below that. They have a 30-22 and 22 record of their next mm-hmm. opponents, which is just one game easier than the Bengals. I guess the one good thing is one of the teams has a losing record in the Raiders, but, of course, they're competitive. We know that they can beat the Broncos. 
here's what I will say, and, and this is, you know, the spin machine uh, take of the day, <laughs> is by playing these good teams, you get the opportunity to jump teams that you're, you know, competing with. Yeah. Um, and so you can get double wins. A win over the Bengals this week is a double win. You win and you get a loss at the team you're competing with for a playoff spot. Uh, a win over the Chargers would be a double, maybe even a triple win, but mm -hmm. the division doesn't really matter anymore. So really just a double well, win. Well, for tiebreakers. For tiebreakers yeah. it does because imagine, let's say the Chargers lose this game to the Chiefs on Thursday night. The Broncos would then have the opportunity, even if like, they could even lose to the Raiders, but they could get that back by beating the Chargers and they have the head-to-head -head advantage because they would have swept them. Yep. And if the Broncos... Let's say the Broncos beat the Bengals and the Chargers lose to the Chiefs. And then they both take care of business the following week. Chargers play Houston. Denver plays the Raiders. Then if the Broncos beat the Chargers on January 2nd, the Chargers can't pass the Broncos. Right. If they're together, just the two of them in a tiebreak. The Chargers would be one game back. The Bron like That scenario, guys, if that happens, the Broncos won the next three. I don't think you'd be worried all that worried about the last game. Right. It's right. very possible. Here's one thing I just wanted to point out, and I think it's the number one thing we should be looking at going into these matchups moving forward. The Bengals, one, two, three, four. The fifth best rushing defense in the NFL. Um, so mm -hmm. you're probably going to need a little bit more from Teddy this week. Um, and I, I think you'd be crazy to say that doesn't scare you a little bit. That's not what the Broncos have done these past three games. They've relied on the run, and, you know, I, it, it's going to be tougher. But I hope the Broncos stick with what they've done. Guys, I detailed it on a piece on thednvr.com about why you shouldn't be scared uh, worried about the Broncos' passing game yet. Since the bye week, they've done something that Broncos fans have been screaming for for years. They've averaged 27 pass attempts per game. And they've averaged 34 rushing attempts per game. I mean, when we've talked about Philip Lindsay, uh, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Royce Freeman even going that way, we've talked about get the ball to these guys more, make it 50-50. Now what Pat Shermer has done, he's made it over 50-50, but significantly 34-27. to 27, And that, guys, to me, is the Broncos shot to the playoffs. So even if it is against a tough run run defense, like you mentioned, Ryan, the Broncos are going to have to win on the ground, or you know what? Probably not going to win at all. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, you know, they're going to have to find a way to make the running game work. But I, if you're going into it thinking that you're going to be able to run all over them, you're probably going to have a bad time. So that's what this team, that mm -hmm. that's this team's identity now, 100%. All right. Run the ball. You're going to need Teddy. You're going <laughs> to need Teddy to make we, some plays. We've seen Teddy play well, though, this year. Oh, yeah. I'm we not have. saying he's not capable. Vic seemed a little bit uh, prickly today, though, when it was brought up that, hey, you're not passing the ball as much. Like, well, early in the season, yep. you want us to run the ball more. Now you want us to <laughs> yeah. pass the ball more. Yeah, I think Vic was kind of feeling like it? me at the beginning of the show by saying, you know, fans are, are just are, are just never happy, are they? Who's not happy? I don't understand. Who? What was the question? Yeah, it was it was yeah, it was exactly. brought up about how you know hey you want to get the passing game going I forget who asked it mm. and then you know Vic's kind of you know and I can't I'm with Vic on that. I can't I'm blame Vic, Vic for that. feeling that I way I'm sorry I, I you're with Vic I'm with Vic oh, on I, saying you know um, 
What do you uh, What do you want? We're running I mean, the ball and beating. And the, guys, they're averaging 25 points per game these past three games on the offensive side of the ball, and that is four more points than their season average. If this team gets 25 points per game going forward, they should go three and one. They should make the playoffs. At least. So that's why, to me, yes, Teddy Bridgewater is not being asked to do it all, and you know what? Shockingly, he's not doing it all because he's he not should, being asked to do it he all. He shouldn't be asked to. He shouldn't try to so why are we upset about this he's, he, no, we, we don't I'm want not. him to he shouldn't be and he's not yeah take the ball out of the hands of your very average quarterback that makes sense yeah. to me and so what are we upset hands, about put no in the hands of your, your, your well, very okay. your very three, above average running is. backs now i think the one thing you can say is when they do pass the ball you'd like to see them involve the wide receivers more which is kind of the thrust of what i wrote on saturday that all right I'm not saying that they need to all of a sudden become a passing team, but you'd like to see a little bit higher percentage of those passes go to the receivers. Particularly, you'd like to see Cortland Sutton get a couple more chances. I, I will agree with the fact that you just paid all these guys all this money, and I think that's the number one. It's weird how much fans care about money, but they really do. Um, money like, money is the best way to determine what how the team views the value of the player. I it's would most guess that behind weapon. closed doors, George Payton made those signings not thinking about this season at all. I, I mean, that that's what the contracts are, are based on. You know, it's not a huge amount of money this year. Uh, but we know that it's not just, okay, we want a quarterback, so we're going to go get one. The Bronx have tried that the past five years. You're not guaranteed one. So seeing what these guys are like right now with very average quarterback play, it does scare me. What were you doing dumping all that money in? And, of course, if they go out and get an elite quarterback, they're going to look great. If they get a rookie quarterback and that rookie quarterback comes in and he can throw the ball to these wide receivers, it's going to look great. But there's no guarantee. If people are just – Ryan, I, I've heard people say what you say, but they take it as like, so there's still really good signings because they're guaranteed to get a quarterback. No, the no, Broncos no. are not guaranteed to get a quarterback next year. But can, we implant, we- can we implant a healthy knee into Carson Strong? Mm. It'd be nice. It would be but nice. But I don't think it? you can. Yeah. Sorry. I, I mean, who knows? <laughs> uh, what I would say is, you know, George Payton's defense of that probably would be, or something, something along the lines of this. What do people say as like, if you're trying to detract from what Patrick Mahomes has done, you would say something along the lines of, well, yeah, of course he succeeded. He went to a team that was already a playoff team. They had Andy Reid as their coach, who's an offensive genius. And he got to play with Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, and Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And so you're you're also trying to create, you know, um, for lack of a better term, an incubator for whatever quarterback you bring in to bring them into a nice situation to help them grow if it's a young guy. Or, of course, to help attract a Russell Wilson who apparently is cool with coming to Denver. Yeah, that's fair. But now tell me, can you guys name me the wide receivers of the New England Patriots? Nikhil uh, Harry. Yeah, I was going to say, Nikhil Harry. How good is you've he? got the guy who... Uh, the guy Jacoby that like, Myers. still wants to be yeah. traded? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that it? Is that it? Those are the big-time names? Hunter and Henry is basically their best wide receiver. Exactly. Yes. But, guys, that's my point. Is It's not like you have to have these. And, again, I'm not saying they're bad contracts now, but... Boy, there's been so much put on this these these guys right now, especially Teddy's shoulders of well, he is so mismanaging Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Those expectations people just started coming out with those after they got the paycheck. Teddy Bridgewater helped them get paid. He didn't give them the paycheck. You know, you know what I'm saying? And oh. uh, I think it may not I mean it, it it is on Teddy. It is on Pat. It is on the wide receivers. But I think in games when Jerry Judy plays, Cortland Sutton has eleven catches. Yeah. 
When Eleven. Judy, Judy's clearly the wide receiver one in Teddy's eyes. It's not even not close. even close. As he should be in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and honestly, those two still haven't clicked. No, um, no. Jerry Judy only has 33 catches this year. Yeah. Now, again, he was hurt for a while. So it's hard to figure it out. He's averaging about five catches a game, which is a pretty damn good number, you know, um, on pace for what, what it would have been, uh, like 80. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a solid season for him. But um, th- Teddy isn't clicking with any of those guys, really. I mean, I don't think you could make the case that he is. I think that he, he looks, for, he looks for Tim Patrick. With Albert o. Exactly. He looks for Tim Patrick. He looks for Jerry Judy uh, on third downs. He looks for Noah Fant when he's standing two yards from the line of scrimmage on third down. Hey, you got to take that back after yesterday. I know I I don't. I want to see more of that yesterday. 12 games of one sample (laughs) one game of the other. I want to see more of that. I'd love to see more of that. Yeah. I said it on the show yesterday. Why do you have a 6'5", 250-pound guy that can run a 4'5", if you're not trying to run him down the field? Because you know what? His change of direction, if we were you know, looking at his Madden ratings, which I don't know what they actually are, but based on the way that he moves out there, his change of direction isn't great. But when he gets ahead of steam, right. he moves, man. So get him the ball when he already has a head of steam. Don't give him the ball standing still and hope he gets ahead of steam. We just hit like five topics. I absolutely love it. But should we look at other teams' play or yes. records sure. these Strength next couple of games? Sure. So the Browns <laughs> also right there clustered with the Broncos and Bengals. They're 29-22-1. and one throughout the way so just right in there with another really tough schedule yeah uh the browns Mm -hmm. i mean i don't i i really don't look at them as a a part of this group i mean yes they as a contender really got up 10-0 i think was it 14-0 10-0 on the lamar jackson led ravens and then they let the backup ravens come back tyler huntley and almost beat them but they also play the raiders on saturday and so Mm. at home you expect they're going to win that game the way the Raiders are trending, right? If Cleveland wins that, they're eight and six. So that means things get tougher for them after that. They game. play at Green Bay, at Pittsburgh, Cincinnati at home. Well, we talked about Cincinnati. What if they're fading a little bit? Yeah. And then Pittsburgh is that basically a coin flip game? Probably. So and unfortunately, that means the Browns. You're probably talking about them being nine and eight or ten and seven, and the Browns are a team you don't want to see in a tiebreaker if you're the Broncos. Yeah, for sure. I just – Baker is so hurt, uh, and it feels like it's holding that offense back a lot. Teams are able to stack the box against their run. Um, and while they have an incredible run game, um, it's really hard to overcome that for teams. Graham also, Hunt is yeah. now hurt too. Yeah. And there are also signs of unhappiness. I think uh, Mary Kay Cabot and the Cleveland Plain Dealer kind of wrote a – piece today about just some of the issues and some of the frustrations that Baker Mayfield is having, which can then lead to an off-season topic. No. If you can't get uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, do you try to get Baker Mayfield? Yep, mm. that'll be a topic for sure. <laughs> All right, guys. The, 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 the Cheshire Cat grin on your face. <laughs> I'm just trying to like, guy. I love Baker, but, but I'm worried about thing. Baker. Yeah. yeah, I am too. And, and also, you're not paying Baker... $12 million, guys. You're paying him a ton of money. All right, guys. Next team, Colts, 27-24. and 24. They're getting close to 500. They are pretty far away from where the Broncos sit at 30-22. and 22. Uh, I shouldn't say pretty far, but that just seems a lot easier. Yeah, and I, I like the way the Colts play. I do, too. Um, th- that feels like a team that isn't going to be asking a bunch. Like, their formula works down the stretch. 
Right. Um, obviously, they have the best active uh, running back in the NFL. Shout right out now. Derek Henry. Yeah, shout out Derek Henry. <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz, when you don't ask him to do a lot, which we're finding out that, you know, especially in the last few years, the Eagles were doing it all wrong. They were asking him to do everything. Mm-hmm. The Colts mm-hmm. said, well, we'll just ask him to do nothing. And he's really good at that. <laughs> uh, uh, and, you know, obviously you get that play action working. He has a great arm. Mm-hmm. He can get out there on the bootlegs and stuff like that. He's he's good at doing certain things. He's really good at doing certain things. Um, and then, you know, I, I think their, their defense is respectable enough um, to keep them in this thing. so Absolutely fascinating game on Saturday when they host the Patriots. Yeah, and, and, by the way. and Mesa, yeah. I'm there with you. This week you are going to be cheering for the Patriots. I yeah. just mean that maybe after this, then you want the Patriots to go 0-3 after this. Because the, 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 the Patriots right now are tied with the Chiefs, so it's not like you need the Patriots to lose out for the Chiefs to, to capture that. Uh, but, yeah, this week you want the Colts to lose because, guys, they may be – the best overall team that we're talking about. You had all worried about uh, Mac Jones in the elements as the as winter falls upon us. Didn't we see the worst elements a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. And how'd the Patriots look? The Patriots were fine, but that was all. That was a little bit different. Mac Jones, he you know, as RK would say, plane pilot. Mac Jones was a passenger. <laughs> he wasn't only the just the pilot. He was sitting back in twenty four F. And that's that's totally, and you yeah. know what he did a damn good I job. I if you're worried about the Patriots. I asked if you're worried at all about Mac Jones. Well, no, of course I'm not. Of course I'm not worried about Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is going to be total. I, I can't believe people are still. And it's not just you, Ryan, but uh, I heard people today still doubting Mac Jones. I'm worried about what he's going to do when when he's he's never seen snow before until last week. Well, he plays in Foxborough. I would also say this. I think it's going to be fine. If Buffalo had adjusted more quickly and if Matt Breida hadn't fumbled. I mean, Buffalo, I think, lost that game when they played the Patriots on Monday night. Either so, way, that, that yeah. game is such a aberration. New England looks like the type of team they're going to – let's say they get that one or two seed. They'll get in the playoffs, but I think they they won't have enough. I, not this doubt, year. More doubt. Maybe in the future, will, but not this I'll, year. I'll doubt the hell out of them publicly. There's no way they win the Super Bowl. So the Colts, by the way. Oh, well, come well. on. That's not that tough. <laughs> I mean, guys, in, we yeah. were talking about this at Broncos today. There's some legit Super Bowl contenders in the NFC. In the AFC, it's to me, it's Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, come on. Yeah. Who, who, who's going to compete with them? Because uh, the team that would compete with them is the New England Patriots. And I'm not doubting Mac Jones when I say, as a rookie, I don't think he's going to carry the Patriots to the Super Bowl. This it's year. not even to me that much about Mac. It's really about just that that team is very. They don't have a lot of talent. They're obviously extremely well coached, um, and that can take you a really far away, uh, a really long way. But when you go up against some of the best teams, like if they were to t- take on the Chiefs, the talent disparity uh, disparity there would be massive. That's that's what I'm saying. There's yeah. one team. I mean, do you guys trust the Ravens from what we've seen? It's. I've been saying this for a while now. I think every team in the NFL is super average, and what that's going to do is allow the quarterbacks, the best quarterbacks, to take their teams. Do to you the think the Chiefs zone. are super average? Uh, they're definitely a, above average right now. Yeah, I, th- I think they're taking off. And guys, speaking of that Bills team, guys, they have a really easy record. They're going twenty-three and nineteen. In their final four games, the only one of these teams that has a losing record, and we can even mean, include winning record. Nineteen and twenty-three. No, uh, twenty-three and twenty-nine. Okay. Are, okay. Are the teams that they're playing losing record that they get to play. Uh, the Chargers have to play a winning record as well, even though they're not in that seven and six group. So the Bills, but guys, the Bills at the same time, well, they have the easiest path. They Playing may the be worst. the one trending in the worst direction. 
yeah, uh, it's kind of weird to see now. I think it's starting to catch up with them that they literally don't run the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. you pointed it out yesterday in the first half. Zero. <laughs> zero rushing attempts in the first half of their game yesterday. As much as we all want to see teams throw the ball around, we, we have to keep in mind that they're, they're, it is a phase of the game that is important. Brandon Staley, I think, said it best. Um, uh, you know, when he was asked earlier in the season, you have to run the ball. It's almost like a chore. Right. You have to do it um, to keep the other team honest, to set things up, to make sure those teams play you honest. The Bills, no one has to play them honest at all. And, in fact, you can just sit back and wait for them. Their best runner is Josh Allen. Right, but you can just sit back and wait for them and say, like, okay, congratulations, you ran it for six yards. We know you don't have it in you to keep doing this. Yeah. Melvin Gordon makes so much sense there. I just I said that this morning to somebody. Like if, yeah, the, the Bills, really good they don't back. have a huge amount of, of, of space, but if you're looking like what is the biggest improvement they could make to that team, if you had Melvin Gordon on that Bills team this year, I think they have three more wins. Just with wow. him. But you have to, I mean, you have to still give the guy the ball. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> but he's yeah. proven that you'll get, that he's trustworthy, that you'll keep giving him the ball. Yeah, but like, it's not like Devin Singletary has done anything wrong or Zach Moss. Like, they just don't give it to him ever. It's crazy. Yeah. Zero rushing attempts in the first half for the Bills yesterday. Wild. Uh, and maybe, you know, they maybe they've coughed the ball up a couple of times. I don't know. But to me, it's it has a lot less to do with, um, they them not having a running back that they like and more to do with the fact that they don't like running the ball. Yeah, they, they certainly don't. And, guys, w- when we look at their uh, their really tough schedule coming up, I'm trying to – oh, I just lost it. Or really easy schedule. The good thing is is when, when we talk about these teams, the good thing is, guys, the Broncos don't have to beat all of them out. They just have to be one of the top three among these six. And that's really encouraging to me, especially because, again – while the schedule is tough, you have it all in front of you. Yeah. Um, you could. Pr- I don't know if you can say this, but I, I, it's at least close to the point where the Broncos control their own destiny. If they win out, they do. In. They do. They 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 control their own destiny, and they really should be fine going three and one down the stretch here. People get really mad when you say they control your own destiny. I don't remember why, but that comes up because destiny year. is something that te- that, that by definition you can't control. <laughs> but that's what that's the point of the saying. It's like you're they're in control now. So, so you control- they control their fate. Is that better? Is that was that? What I usually say fate. I usually say fate. Oh, okay. They control their own fate. Yeah. I like control people. their own destiny. <laughs> hey, I like it too. It's it sounds powerful. better. It yeah. Sounds more poetic. Right. That's. Yeah. I think that's the point. Of it's whoever came up with that. It's just like uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Which it absolutely is. Uh, not I knew that definition. one got on your yeah. nerves. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Before we move on here, did we get we we hit all the teams right? We did. Like we did. Um, now we got to hit Hassle Cattle Company, uh, mm. the best mm. Wagyu beef out there that every man or woman can afford. Uh, and even better is you can use the code DNVR15 to get 15% off your orders. I talked about this last night for a while. Um, I get it. Ordering uh, ordering meat to be delivered to your house is just weird. Uh, and I thought it too. And I just got over it. And then I ordered my Hassle Cattle beef. And mm-hmm. I realized that that was a dumb thing to think was weird because now you get great beef at a great price and you absolutely love it so get over whatever you know hesitation you have about it try it out use the code dnvr15 and go to hasslecattlecompany.com and if you go over 200 bucks on your order which will get you a a whole bunch of beef 
uh, you're going to get free shipping. So maybe it's, you know, a Christmas gift for your pops or something along those lines. But trust me on this. You won't regret having meat delivered to your door. Yeah. What do we say? Hashtag normalize air meat. Yes, normalize air meat. And normalize air meat. And normalize going to the dentist. I think we've done a pretty good job normalizing that twice a year. And one thing we need to normalize here is go to Green Mountain Dental. Guys, Green Mountain Dental, the best damn family-owned dentistry in the Denver metro area. And they're only a 15-minute drive from downtown. And so make sure to check them out because not only are they part of the DNVR family, not only will they treat you with a family-like approach, but also if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush, and all you have to do is schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam. You're going to go to a dentist anyways. Might as well go to Green Mountain Dental. Get that free Sonicare toothbrush when you check them out. Also, we talk about getting your teeth cleaned. One of the reasons you want to get your teeth cleaned is because you're having good meals. Maybe you're having meals over uh, that you're making from Hassel Cattle Company, or maybe you're having sexy pizza. There was plenty of sexy pizza over at the tailgate yesterday. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite kind of Oh, man, they have this green chili one mm-hmm. that is incredible. But also, so like, I'm a sucker for just a solid uh, slice of sausage. Mm-hmm. And their sausage pizza is delicious. The triple S. Solid slice of sausage. Solid slice a of sausage. A sucker for a, sl- a solid slice of sausage. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of S's. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> wow. Speaking of sexy wow. pizza. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh, anyway, pizza. sexy pizza. Speaking of sexy. It's been around for 13 years in the Denver community. It's as local as it gets. It's a hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. they got a wide range of, of toppings, including pepperoni. I think I, I keep it simple. It's either cheese or pepperoni. RK likes the sausage, also the green chili. Uh, that, that's good stuff as well. I'm very Denver as well if you get some of the green chili on that. With a 12, 16, or 18-inch crust, crust, sexy pizza is sure to be the right fit. And all the fixings, they've got wings, they've got salads, they've got pasta, they've got garlic knots, they've got dessert options. And if you're trying to go vegan, they've got vegan topping options as well, vegan cheese. And, of course, they you want to go gluten-free, you can get gluten-free crust there as well. Stop by any of their Denver locations. They're in Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and in Park Hill. And coming soon, way outside Denver, down in Trinidad. So you keep going south on I-25, almost the New Mexico border, you're going to be able to get some sexy pizza along the way. You know what? If you're driving to Albuquerque and they have a sexy pizza in Trinidad, that kind of breaks up the trip nicely. Mm, yeah. You know, there's your lunch stop right there. I like it. Yeah. All right, let's move I'm on I'm hungry here. now. I know. Oh. I'm actually starving. <laughs> um, we got a couple super chats here before we hop into the comment yeah. section. We've got a lot of comments, too, so let's work quick here. First one's from Cody W. Uh, Colts have a hard schedule. Bills looks easy. Boom. Exactly. Yeah. You nailed it on the head, Cody. Perfect. Uh, and then from Court Nelson here. Um, if you told people before the season started that in the middle of December – uh, we would have yeah. the same record as the Bills and the Browns. People would be stoked. Yeah. This team is better than we give them credit for. I, I completely agree. It's Boom, just court. weird. <laughs> it's, it, they're weirdly better than we give them credit yep. for. But if the Bills and Broncos played 10 times, how many would the Broncos win? 10. I think right now, if the, if you got them right now, I think it would be close. But the Bills at the same time just went down to Tampa against the Bucks, and yet they screwed around for most of the game. And they took it to overtime and could have easily won it in regulation. Was that the game? I was watching it out of the corner of my eye. The controversial we doing... PI calls and no calls. I don't know about that. Yeah. But were they down deep? Or was that the uh, the Bengals who were all the way down there and kicked a field goal in overtime? 
Bengals kicked the field going overtime. Were they on like the two yard line? They got like I want to say like the, the ten or the twelve. Okay, all right. All right. And uh, Nick Bosa had a sack of Joe Burrow that knocked the Bengals back. The Bills had a chance. They settled for a game tying field goal at the end of regulation, but they had a chance That's to win it, it in regulation. They were down on like the two yard line. Yeah. Yeah, they should have gone for it. <laughs> Guys, they what, tried that against Tennessee, remember? Oh, yeah, you got to stick to who you are. You <laughs> go for it late in games. What this boils down to and why people aren't buying into the Broncos as much is because the quarterback and head coach aren't the big names. They're not the solidified names yet. Look at the Indianapolis Colts and the Buffalo Bills. They have their head coaches. Their quarterbacks, they have their quarterbacks. Even if the Broncos were getting 18 touchdowns to 17 interceptions from Josh Allen and he was on this team, Guys, people feel great about the Broncos right now, coming from where they have. But coming into this season, huge question marks about the quarterback position and massive question marks about the head coach. That's why there's no buy-in yet. I also warned about this, and this is not a case for why the Broncos should be playing Drew Locke now. But I warned about this in the preseason, which is that people will get excited over the Broncos being decent if Drew Locke's the quarterback. They won't if Teddy Bridgewater's the quarterback. Is that fair? No. But in the eyes of the public... The book is written on Teddy Bridgewater. They, in, in, even though he's playing out of his mind this year, it hasn't gotten the Broncos that far. And people, you know, so he's already playing above what his perceived ceiling was before. It's, it's not doing that much for them. People could always envision, even if it was delusional, a, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel for a Drew Locke team. Again, it doesn't, there's no case for it now. But that was the case for it back then, which is that, hey, look, you know, if the Broncos are going to be average, they'd ra- people would rather the Broncos be average with Drew Locke. You think there's a latent bias toward guys who were drafted by the Broncos, too? Of course. People yeah. love Javante Williams. Melvin Gordon doesn't feel the same embrace. Yep. Right. Speaking of, uh, a couple things here. One, did you see what I posted about Javante Williams? No. About his thigh pads? No. On his thigh pad, he has a picture of Michael Myers. Which is just terrifying. <laughs> no, why? I don't know, because he's a killer. I'm surprised I, like, the NFL uniform code people haven't gotten on him. For I know. That. I'm worried that yeah. I'm going to get him caught for that. For that tweet <laughs> going like mini viral. Um, and then the other one says, not done. But on this one, he has, from Friday the 13th, Michael Myers. I'm, I'm now calling Javante Michael Thiers. Mm, um, there we go. Love it. But I, like between the fact that he like doesn't really talk... Uh, you know, Teddy, I think at one point said it's scary how calm he is. Yep, yep. Now he's got a knife murderer on his leg. Javante's <laughs> a scary dude, man. I don't know. I wouldn't want to tackle Maybe that Maybe they guy. should start playing the Halloween theme whenever he has a big run. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. He, he buys into Come on, that. let's go. Let's I'm all like about it. Ten-yard run. <laughs> or just like when yeah. he comes, when he's like walking out into the huddle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah. He's a scary awesome. dude. That'd be great. Also, like, if you look at his Twitter picture, it's kind of creepy, too. It is, yes. <laughs> you you got to have a little crazy in you, don't you? He does, and I think he's got just the right amount. Yeah, he does. What is it about North Carolina football that occasionally gets produces some absolutely frightening human beings? Who's like last? Like on the football people. Remember Lawrence Taylor? Well, well mm-hmm. I think of that, like, you know, people who are, I'm not saying frightening people, but on the football field, oh, yeah. just right. absolute terrors. Yep. Really good do. players. Yeah, I'm just saying, like <laughs> Javante doesn't really talk <laughs> shit. Like he doesn't do any of that stuff on the field, and like he's just, like you're tackling him, and you just see that thing. I don't know. I think that that, that has like that has wow. a little intimidation factor. Also, other housekeeping note here. Um, mm-hmm. Did you hear that um, super timeouts are uh, going national? Oh yeah, are yeah. they? Yes. Uh, pardon my take today. 
um, brought up the super timeout. Um, they didn't directly credit me. They said someone on Twitter said that it's called a super timeout. Wow. Um, so people are catching on to Vic Fangio's 4D chess strategy. So a uh, super timeout is a bad challenge. A super timeout is when you just throw the red flag to get an extra long time. <laughs> About that. <laughs> Give the team some rest. Works out great. Shout out to uh, Vic for coming up with that one. <laughs> Shout out to naming it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, from Omaha here. You guys nailed it on the pod. We should all just sit back and enjoy this season for what it is. I look forward to looking back on this one and saying, remember when we crushed the Lions for DT? That was the year we finally got it turned around, and that was awesome. With that said, I was all for the fans booing Shermer's vanilla second quarter offense. It almost felt like someone got in his ear when they drove down to add three more before the half. Uh, that just felt very unpat-like, I will say. I think I talked about this a little bit yesterday, but it's like, maybe I was just talking about this down at the booth during the game. The point of the script is to see, are the plays that we think are going to work against this defense, do they work? And they did. They yep. worked great. Yep. And then in the second quarter, he went away from them. It's that game flow thing that I talk about that is just that can be so frustrating with Pat. Now, again, they end up going on to score 38 points, so he kind of figured it out there in the second half. But the second quarter, you know, someone tweeted, like, I love stress-free wins for the Broncos. <laughs> that was not stress-free. The second no. quarter was very stressful. Yes, the second quarter is very stressful. And, and Omaha says someone got in Vic's ear to score three points at the end of the half, or someone got in Pat's ear. That was Vic. So yeah. you, 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 I know no one wants to give credit to Vic, but they, they ran that. They practiced that exact situation in practice last week, especially with Judy catching the ball in midfield and then Teddy running up and spiking it. They did that last week in practice, so it paid off. You thought the second quarter was stressful? Oh, yes. I th Honestly. 10-0 run? Yeah, but I thought, okay, this is the best the Lions are going to do. Like there, there, was, like, there, there wasn't a moment where I thought, the Broncos couldn't keep them at arm's length. Well, they had the ball had twice the ball to drive to down and take the lead. Right. And I then, was nervous. And, well, and then, you know, they had the chance to tie the game, and then, of course, Shelby has the deflection. Once Shelby got that deflection to force him to settle for a field goal, honestly, I didn't worry the Broncos were going to lose the game. Because I thought that that moment was the line. If they could have tied the game there, I think that would have been the opening for the Lions. Once Shelby deflected that pass, I mean, basically, that was – kind of a turning point in the game yeah the fumble was really big yeah. too yeah um, and obviously you know you got to create turnovers in games and that those are always big game-changing plays but I was definitely stressed I was like no, I was I, too. I've seen him step on the rake too many times yes no doubt mm -hmm. next one from Lionel Hutz attorney a lot gentlemen as I said before thank you for helping through these very late and early nights with a newborn an interesting question based on the round they were drafted in which rookie has been the best value PS RK and I have met I'm friends with Ryan Green and was with CSU media when he was at CU oh nice I didn't know that well nice to uh, meet you go Rams <laughs> Uh, no. Stay with me. Yeah, never. <laughs> uh, by the way, respect to them. That that uh, team is balling. I yeah. think 23 is too low for them. Yeah, top 25 team. Let's go, baby. All right, next one's from Bronco Oilers. Wait, who's the best value rookie? Oh, for the Broncos right now? Yep. Jonathan Cooper. It has to be Jonathan Cooper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, in terms of offensive – or in terms of, like, who's creating the most, you would definitely say Javante um, in terms of just, like, he is – He's impacting that many plays. Quinn Miners is good value, though. They're mm -hmm. end of the third round, yeah. too. In terms of irreplaceable, well, I mean, it doesn't work with the value, but Pat Sertan's pretty irreplaceable right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I said this to you before we started the show yesterday. Is get used to it. We didn't see much Pat Sertan today. It's yep. uh, it's going to be a big time theme for the Broncos for probably the next ten years yep. at least. Exactly. Is you know, you don't know what to say about Pat Sertan because they didn't really go to him. Now he did have five tackles yesterday, which kind of surprised me. Um, That's but, good though. He's getting involved. He's getting involved when it's not coming at him. Right. You're seeing him get involved in the run as well. Now some of that is because you saw some some explosive runs. I just can't believe he's already to the point where quarterbacks are just saying you know what oh, yeah. i'll go somewhere else yeah well jared goff started first pass was to pat and i said oh that's dicey mm-hmm. playing with fire yeah uh bronc oilers unless the rest of the year is an abject failure keeping vic would be the best thing for this team he's got no charisma questionable game management struggles to take accountability but he's average at worst as long as we don't have quite literally the worst quarterback play in the league we can be competitive in a tough division even we're not at our healthiest too He's the only defensive mind that has consistently slowed down Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. That's maybe the most valuable weapon in the AFC. Three, Peyton didn't see this as a rebuild, so why would he blow up the coaching continuity? If George can't get Russ or Aaron, he'll see a rookie-friendly situation with a strong defense, talented offense, with experience in the scheme, and a rare OC who has maximized his QBs and is still unlikely to get head coach interest. Yeah, I mean, the, it, it's mm-hmm. all great points, Bronco Euler, and that's why I believe a winning record and Vic's back, certainly 10-7 and seven and Vic's back. And it, it, I can't get past number two, point two. Vic does a pretty darn good job containing Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. I know, and it, mm-hmm. you just you got to give him someone to go to battle with uh, from an offensive quarterback standpoint. Um, you know, I joked with Mike Kliss's tweet the other day about how, like, Fangio hasn't had a chance. Uh, against the Chiefs, which was an overreaction. But he has done his part as the defensive coordinator. Um, he could do more as the head coach in terms of who he hires as the offensive coordinator. And and pa- George Payton can help him out with who he gets him at quarterback. Um, but it is something that would be hard to let to, to let go. Because um, you watch – I mean, look at the Raiders yesterday. They give up 48 points to Mahomes. Broncos – I've had some bad games against the Chiefs. Nothing that even resembles that. And on top of it, if the Broncos do well and finish with a winning record, then Vic may be figuring it out as a head coach, even though people don't want to believe that. But guys, also, Vic's defense has been very underwhelming for what we expected the first two seasons. It's the second best defense in the NFL right now. So you can't you can't discredit him for that. You got to give him credit for that. That's why you brought him here too. Been a di- yeah. Second been, best defense. Been a different defense in terms of production really since giving up 34 to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Since that day, defense is giving up exactly 15 a game. Yeah, you and know. Only the Chiefs and Patriots are better. Justin Simmons that day talked about, like, miscommunication in the yeah. secondary, and it was just so mind-boggling. I think he even specifically said between him and Kareem, yep. yeah. which is like, what? how is that possible? Ever since then, you haven't seen those type of big breakdowns. Typically, miscommunication mm-hmm. is we don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're just not as good as you guys think. And it actually was miscommunication. Yeah. They figured it out. And they've been doing this with kind of a constant shuffle of guys at inside linebacker. And even Vic kind of alluded to it today that uh, uh, they're giving they're they're giving up big runs. And he said, "Look, it really hasn't been quite the same since they lost Joseph Jewell and Alexander Johnson early in the season." Yep. And on top of that, Mace, no outside yeah. linebackers that are notable. I mean, Bradley Chubb. Yeah. How many sacks does he have, guys? Zero. And how many does Von Miller have since they traded him? Zero. Zero. I mean, yeah. with the Broncos. I mean, they, they're doing this with a lot of guys that mm-hmm. you would think are third, fourth string guys. Yeah. Steven Weatherly, the Rex Beck legend. <laughs> Rex Beck. Love it. <laughs> 
Kendall Hinton Hall of Famer says, what a beautiful tribute to DT. Rest in peace, DT. Very happy with the Broncos and Lions for that on-field tribute. What a win, too. That said, we're paying Tim Patrick millions to catch two balls for 21 yards, two catches for 26 yards before that. We're paying Sutton Moore to have two catches or less for six in a row. Judy could finish without a touchdown. Before this season, I would never have thought it was even possible to have receivers of this caliber and the cost getting them this few targets. I hoped after this week I wouldn't need to address this, but it's not changing. Historically, receivers force their way out of teams even when they're getting more work than Sutton is, like Stefan Diggs. Can you believe how hyped up we got for Teddy, for Jerry and Teddy's connection? I'm old enough to remember you guys talking about how good Teddy would be for Jer- Jerry. I'm not knocking you guys. Lots of agree. Er, Lots of us agreed. But if we ran the tape, the things that we would said would seem far away from reality. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit today. First of all, Jerry Judy in a 17-game season would be on pace for over 80 catches. He had 50 last year. That's crazy. Um, so that, you know, is legitimate. Um, at the same time here, I just don't know what we're complaining about. I guess you could say, like... The Broncos should have just let Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick walk if they were just going to be a running team. But again, they're not paying them that money for this year. They're paying that money to have weapons on offense in the future. Do you want to just not have talent at those positions? I mean, the Patriots don't. It seems to be working for them. But I don't think anyone's excited about that over there. I'm sure they're saying we need more talent at wide receivers for Mac Jones. So you need to have those guys. But the formula is working. The last Two out of the last three weeks, it has worked great. You beat the hell out of the Chargers, you beat the hell out of the Lions in a formula that involved running the heck out of the ball. I don't know how we can complain about that. Now, again, if you if the Bengals stop up the run and those guys still can't get anything when the Broncos inevitably have to pass the ball, then I think it's time to be worried. But they found a winning formula. The winning formula is run the damn ball. Keep doing it. I'm not complaining at all about what those guys are producing. Like you said earlier, you gave those guys the contracts based on future years mm-hmm. and almost certainly a future quarterback yes and, exactly. and something different and then whoever that quarterback is whether it's a elite level veteran or first round pick you can say all right here you go here are your here are quality targets one two three plus a pretty good tight end. i mean noah fant even though everyone's kind of frustrated with not breaking tackles we're going to look at noah fant at the end of the season in all likelihood and say wow he had a really good season production wise yeah mm-hmm. he's in the top tier of tight ends production wise Yep, yep. And my issue, uh, this goes beyond their production on the field. It's just paying two wide receivers uh, big-time money, and we've talked about that as well. But, Ryan, who would you put the blame on for Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick really doing nothing since they signed those contracts? And I'm not saying it's because they signed the contracts. I'm just saying it's about that time frame. Uh, Pat Shermer. Okay. But I'm not blaming anyone for anything because, because they've it's had working. Success, right? I'm not going to blame Pat Shermer for putting out winning game plans two out of the last three weeks, one of them against a good team. Um, so uh, that to me is the number one reason why they aren't getting it is because of the way they're calling the offense, which I don't think is a problem as long as you win. So then same question for you. How, so you're not concerned about Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, right? Not at all. How concerned are you about Teddy Bridgewater? In terms of what? In terms of the exact same thing, the, the sample size of the past three games where Teddy Bridgewater has thrown for an average of 188 yards since the bye, four touchdowns total, two interceptions, and 87 passer rating. None of that worries me about Teddy Bridgewater. What worries me about Teddy Bridgewater is I don't think he has it in him to win a game when the game's on the line. Okay, that's fair. As long as you're holding 
Teddy Bridgewater to the same standard as Cortland Sutton. And if you're giving those two guys passes for winning because the Broncos have been passing more than they've been running, yes, pat, or running more than they've been passing, then I'm fine with that. What Teddy Bridgewater did yesterday was enough. What he did against the Chiefs was terrible. Okay, Stevie in the Madden chat came after me for simply and saying— And I defended you. For simply saying, yes, that, that Teddy was good. Was I— off base for saying he was I, I didn't say great I think he was okay good. and his stats were good I I think his stats were great what do you okay. have 110 pass rating two touchdowns no interceptions uh a 72 percent completion the, and I'm not just getting sold on the stats there but what did he do he helped lead an offense that went 38 points if you have a bad quarterback you got to run for 300 yards in order to score 38 his, points his ball placement was really off yesterday it, it was it was but did he get it to the right reads and that's what I'm saying and that's what I said right. it, when, when I came in there is I said look inaccurate completions are better than incompletions yeah it's very true and that's why he was good he wasn't great yeah, he wasn't great. I, Teddy I would say can be much better. I would say he was okay. Okay. Do you know he had the fifth best QBR? I know. I, I, but I rewatched the game again today, and it was like he just wasn't sharp. He wasn't. He so wasn't. I can't call him good if Teddy he wasn't was sharp. Good. You can be good without being sharp. I don't know. I mean, we're splitting hairs <laughs> on semantics here. Um, I thought he was good enough. How about that? There we go. They're good enough for a 28-point blowout. So he was way better than good enough. <laughs> I Give think me a break. He, 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 we disagreed that he, the, <laughs> the passing game has really nothing to do with this. It's mostly the running game. Exactly. And so that's why that's why Teddy's doing what he needs to do. It, good enough. Good. Good well, enough. Well, in there. <laughs> From Jackie McLovin the third. Uh, hey, fellas. So, so loving where we are and excited to push for the playoffs. Also, I went to JMU watching JMU this year. I see similarities with their backfield and the Broncos' backfield. Multiple backs with different skills, but effective. The way they rotate their backs is each back gets two plays and then switches out. I think with all three of our backs being able to run and pass protect, do you think that this would be an effective way to rotate our backfield? No, 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 no. Touches uh, stay close and to even. No favoritism. Best of all, and never gives away if we're running or passing. What are your thoughts? Also, check out JMU versus NDSU this weekend. will be like a championship game. Yeah, JMU took out Henry's uh, Montana ah, Grizz. Ah, dang. And then they're kind of my Montana Grizz because right, I just adopted them. Because he's your son. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, I hate that more than anything. What part of it? Planned rotation. I, I, yeah. And the Broncos do this as well. They just alternate drives for the most part. Um, I just ride. If a guy's going, I'm riding him. Um, and that might... Um, end up in, in games where Melvin Gordon gets the lion's share and Javante doesn't get as much, and I know people hate that. But if, if Melvin goes for 120 on five yards of carry, like complain all you want, that's winning football. And the same to be true for Javante when he's out there and he gets ahead of steam and he's just wrecking fools. I want them to see him come out there in the next drive and come into the huddle and say, "Oh God damn it, not again." Um, so excuse my language, sorry, but. Uh, <laughs> It's one of those things where gotta I, mute you. I wanna I wanna ride the hot hand. Um, I hate flipping every two plays. How's a guy supposed to get in a rhythm? I've said this before. I'll say it again. Ask any running back ever. What does it take to get into a rhythm? They'll say I probably need like three drives to see how the defense is playing, feel you know the holes, all that stuff. Rhythm is a huge part of being a running back, and I think that rotation in the NFL at least, is not going to work because you're not going to give either guy a chance to get into a rhythm. But it's working now. 
What they're doing, yeah, yeah. What they're doing, but he's now. talking about yeah, rotating yeah, yeah, yeah. every two yeah, plays. Planned, yes, yes, yes. I, I totally agree with you. And what the Broncos doing is working now. And Ryan, not just for the running backs, the offensive linemen, multiple starters. Uh, uh, we had Reisner and Quinn Minard say they need twenty carries at least, and I mean that should be the bare minimum threshold for this team in order to get going. And so if you're not doing something that helps your offensive line, that helps your running backs, and what are you doing? That's why Ryan. I love to see that 39 mark hit every single game these next four games. I'm worried about this week. I don't, I don't know if we're going to get it. can't believe you're going to abandon the run. I can't believe you're advocating to abandon the run. It's not what I'm saying, but I think that the Bengals have a, an opportunity to stop the run. Well, you're just going to run it three times and punt? Yeah, yeah, you are. You're going to do what the New England Patriots did against the Buffalo Bills <laughs> in much different circumstances. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna run the heck out of it, and one's going to break. I think you're going to have some third and sevens, some third and sixes, that you're just going to need to pass the ball, and I think you're going to need Teddy Bridgewater to make some big plays for you this week if you're going to win. The Broncos, when they have ran for more yards than the league average, league average is 112 rushing yards per game. When they've ran for more than that, pretty much undefeated. When they've ran for less than that in a game, pretty much have lost every single game. In the past three games, their winning formula, which is their new winning formula, somehow it took them 10 weeks to find out, but now they've got it, so congratulations to them. 160 rushing yards. That's the key, man. Yes, but this is the classic rushing conversation of obviously you run more when you win. Um, Yeah, but what, what did they do? I mean, that's how they win, though. It is how they no, win. No, because even when they were losing last week, they still ran the ball 24 times with Javante Williams didn't do anything for them but they that wasn't just stat padding no 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 i'm just saying when you but did they get to the number you you need to get to to win they were at yes they did and that was i think their only loss that they've hit that number so that kind of shows you that it doesn't get usually when you're when you're winning the game you run the ball more when you're losing the game you pass the ball more i'm not saying that's a that's a case for abandoning the run i'm just saying usually you're going to look around the league and see that teams run the ball better in their uh in their wins because you're winning and you're but i just the took ball. the average there i mean they, so you disagree with me that the broncos formula is running the ball no not at all well then that that that's it it's as simple as that and ryan that's what they do well and yes you do have to do if you're good enough to do the new england patriots where you can totally change what you do on a week-to-week basis you of course do that ryan is this team good enough to do that they've got to stick with their guns they do have to stick with their guns but eventually a team is going to have a counter and you're going to have to have a counter. What you're going to have to do is just hit on those opportunities you get, Ryan. If the, if the Broncos, if it's a competitive game against the Bengals, they can have 39 rushing attempts and 24 passing attempts. They're just, Teddy's going to have to hit on not necessarily five 50 yard balls. No, no, He's no. going to have to hit on the 32 yarder. He had to fan one to Cortland Sutton, and then he's just going to have to be accurate. But you know what? I haven't seen, I think yesterday, Teddy's accuracy it doesn't concern me because that was uh, the anomaly. I mean, I think his accuracy is pretty good for the most part. Now, what hasn't been there consistently is the shots down the field. Yep. But I don't think you need a high-flying passing attack to come from Teddy Bridgewater. No, I, but I do think, and it could happen as soon as this week. In fact, I expect it to happen this week. The Bengals are going to say, you are, we will not allow you to run the ball. And, and maybe you're good enough to beat eight-man boxes. I, I, we haven't seen a lot of it so far, so we don't know. And we've seen some of it, and they, they have had an opportunity to have success against that with some of those power runs. Um, but I just think eventually there will come a game where a team that is capable of stopping the run will stop you from running 
And that's where I worry the most about this team. So we're going to need Teddy to throw it up. But on top of that, we're going to need $15, $15 million Cortland Sutton to be special like he's now getting paid to be special. Agree on agree on both accounts. Last one here from Larry Den Jr. Um, I have to say what I feel is real. We will not go to the playoffs if Teddy continues to be Teddy. I'm so done with Teddy throwing short of the sticks. He threw two touchdowns today. Or did he? He had another TD in the red zone where he throws short of the sticks and depends on our awesome weapons to make a play. This is frustrating. So tired of hearing Cortland Sutton sucks, Jerry Judy sucks, they can't get open. I ask people, are they watching the games? Dude, that Javante Williams catch and score was all Javante. That was a terrible throw, uh, and the catches that Jerry Judy had were terribly thrown. We're honoring DT, and we couldn't get one uh, wide receiver to 88 yards as a tribute. Uh, I have not seen Ben this frustrated since Flacco SMH. How can we honestly think we're going to the playoffs? All you have to do is get uh, the Broncos in third and long, and you win. Teddy cannot convert past third and six. And if you do that, you're not a playoff team. SMH, this team deserves better than Teddy, man. Broncos were 8 or 12 on third down yesterday. Just Broncos were 8 and 12 on third down. You know what else they, they are and what's really helped them get to 25 points per game. Since the bye, they are 9 of 11 in the red zone. 9 of 11 scoring touchdowns. Yesterday, 5 of 5. Against the Chiefs, they were bad. I think 1 of 3. Game before that, against the Chargers, 3 for 3. The that, true test that's of a- taking care of it in the red zone, and that it, you do have to give credit to Teddy. And yes, Ryan, the ball placement was bad on that Javante. That that was a great play. He made the right read at least. So I don't. This is what I don't understand from LDJ. I love you, LDJ. But how are we complaining about throwing short of the sticks on the plays where it works? It, because that is the that is the reason why you throw short of the sticks. Like I'm not advocating for Teddy Bridgewater to do it more, but the reason is I don't see anything else. So I'm going to give one of my playmakers a chance to make a play. When it doesn't work, everyone hates it. But when it does work, it's a case for why why you do it, right? Yep. And uh, honestly, the Javante one, I'm pretty sure that was the first read. Um, it was, hey, if that defensive end crashes, you just throw it there. Now, he didn't throw it great. But that wasn't like a got through his progressions, didn't have anything through it short. That was just a perfectly dialed up play for the situation. Um, and the Albert O one, yeah, that's a third down. He throws it out into the flat. Albert O makes an awesome individual play. That's why you have playmakers. Right. And when, um, really quick, on, or I'll let you continue. And I was just going to say, so again, I, no one likes to see that stuff, but that's the case for it. Now, of course, we can go and find plays where there was someone open down the field and he missed it and checked it down instead. Yep. But most of the time, this is one of the biggest like things that I'm always trying to communicate. Most of the time, when they're... Throwing short of the sticks on third down, it's because everything else is covered. The one and the two is covered, so you go to the third read, which is let's just hope our guy can make a play. It happens too much. You'd like to see him you know, be able to fit that ball in there, but he's a limited quarterback who might not necessarily be able to make that throws. Would you rather see interceptions? Right. Some people say yes. No, you wouldn't. You're lying. <laughs> yes, yeah. People are like, just throw it up. I'm okay with a pick or two. Yeah, Did no. you see last year? Yeah, exa- we saw that. But but people, that's their. They're saying like that was more entertaining. Like winning football. It, it, that's what right? I'll take I wins. Like, all I like day. talking about playoffs like we did today, and we're we're able to do that. And you know what? Here's. I think I said this yesterday too, Ryan. The Broncos can. You can roll with Teddy Bridgewater right now for the rest of the season, and then go look for an upgrade. You can cheer for Teddy this year and then look for his replacement next year. And you know what? The Broncos are going to try their hardest to do that. Yep. Now, because Teddy's average, there's maybe a chance that there's no one better and that he's back for another year. It's not sexy to think about, but that just shows Teddy's not the worst out there. And really quick, quote of the day. 
comes from Albert O. When he caught that pass, he said he turned upfield. When he saw the end zone, he smelled blood. Mm. And he was out to get it. I absolutely love that. Are the Broncos developing a killer instinct? Oh, maybe. I like this. I got like Javante's, this. Got Javante's, got Michael Myers on him. <laughs> yeah. Albert O's smelling blood. And, I like this. And both of these guys, very quiet dudes. Not mm. guys you would expect for that, which makes it, like you said, a little creepier. You know what? But this comes with a running the football identity. It makes your team tougher. Because what what you tell them is pretty simple. Just go you have to go push the other team around. Yeah. And when you get good at that, it gives you an edge. It gives your team an identity. And I think the Broncos are getting close to that right now as a team that can run the ball, as a team that can out tough you. Yeah. And that if they can continue that, we'll get them to the playoffs. Yeah, it, it absolutely will. And Ryan, is Albert O a pass-catching tight end, or would you say he's a run-blocking grinder? Yeah, he's absolutely a pass-catching tight end. A hundred percent. Today, multiple times on the podium, he was talking about how this team is run first, how when they win the ball, they win, how they're unstoppable when they run the ball. And that's exactly what this Broncos team is doing. And my final point, really quick. Bill Simmons tweeted this yesterday right before the Broncos game started. He said, not sure what the NFL season record is for harmless short of the first down conversions on third and long or completions on third and long, but Baker Mayfield has to be close. So Broncos fans, remember when you hate seeing Teddy throw short, I hate it as well. Every quarterback is doing it. Especially the non really, really special ones. Exactly. And Every single fan base thinks that they are Teddy Bridgewater. Everyone says, no one can be worse. So don't worry. Other people are feeling your pain. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it happens for every team. But especially, you know, we see so much of Patrick Mahomes in this division. He's like, he refuses to throw short of the sticks right. on third down because he has the ability to, you know, like warp the ball into insane windows. Teddy Bridgewater is so so far away from Patrick Mahomes in arm talent it's not even funny and I get it that's why people don't like him but you don't want him to try to be someone he's not because then you get turnovers and you will lose games when you turn the ball over just look at last season where they went they won five games this is the worst the worst record tied for the worst record they've had since the Peyton Manning era ended so he's doing the right thing he's doing what he's coached to do I know it's not fun. It's not exciting, but like there's like a fourth and 17 or something yesterday. He checks out and they're booing. It's like, right, right. he's not making that throw. They're playing in soft zones deep down the field. There's no one there. Ryan, you've been all over this, but imagine how people in Los Angeles are feeling with Justin Herbert. I mean, Justin Herbert's a guy who has the Patrick Mahomes type of arm talent and they're check. They're forcing yeah, check him down to offense. check it down. Just uh, that's, that's, that's how people feel with Teddy times a hundred. Yeah. Um, I mean, or how about, you know, Forget it. We talked enough about <laughs> great this. Great conversation. This was a great conversation. Great show today. A long show today. So appreciate you guys who tuned in with us the whole way through. Um, a lot of interesting topics in Broncos country. We'll be talking about them all week here on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Catch us tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Um, I'm going to hop over and do our bet show. If you're looking for some more content, we'll be talking bets here in just a few minutes. Uh, and also, finally, a shout out to Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, the absolute best dentist group in the metro area. Family-owned dentists. They've been part of our family for a long time. They treat us like family. They'll treat you like family. So head on down there and schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you do. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. We appreciate you. We're giving you a thumbs up for great uh, participation in the comments today. So we will catch you tomorrow on the DNBR Broncos podcast.
taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com ah hmm the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. <laughs> 